0: Welcome to a special Mother's Day cake episode, which is so fun, of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner, and in this case, the challenge of, um, you know, baking for your family. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal.
1: And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time and sometimes baking, Kate. I was getting into it this week with this mm. episode. Yep. Oh, nice. Uh, but as per usual, can use help planning and cooking for my family of five.
0: Our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. Here's how this works for our cookbook reviews. We decided that we were just so in love with this cookbook that we would cook from it, share the recipes we cooked, and let you know what we think. We did receive a copy of Simple Cake from 10 Speed Press, the publisher. So we want to make sure to call that out and also say thank you to 10 Speed for the free book. So this episode is a little bit different than others because
1: we were lucky enough to have Odette Williams, who wrote Simple Cake, answer a few listener questions and also give us some tips for baking. And I really, Kate, love this format we're Mm -hmm. trying out today because it shows what we can do as a podcast. We were able to have this sort of multimedia conversation with Odette over the past Mm -hmm. couple of weeks (laughs) where we emailed and traded voice memos and she was out on a book tour and schedules are just tough sometimes. They are. It is. They are. So yeah. This is like a perfect solution. and I'm excited to um, show you all what we've put together. And I think it turned out really well. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. She was really generous with her time.
0: So yes. it was just wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to all of that, let's talk about Simple Cake. Kate? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's first give a little background on Odette and her book, Simple Cake. So the publisher's description – which is a great summary and it goes on a little bit, but the first part is just simple cake is this nostalgic ode to the joy of homemade cake, beautifully photographed and with easy mix and match recipes for a sweet lift any day of the week, which is super true. It's um, kind of a bit of a choose your own adventure kind of um, cake cookbook, which is super fun.
1: Mm-hmm. And in addition to writing simple cake, which was named one of the New York Times 12 best cookbooks this spring. Odette designs a line of aprons that has been featured in Goop, J Crew, Anthropology, and more. She's also a mother of four. And the book really centers on her family and home cooking life and kind of growing up in Australia, which mm-hmm. I just really enjoy. The
0: stories are so great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The book was an easy one to use. I thought her directions are accessible and accurate. And even if you're not a technically proficient home baker, like, you know, I bake maybe too much, like a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think this cookbook is targeted for someone who wants to bake a fun birthday cake. It's Mother's Day. Let's make a nice cake for that. You know, that kind of thing. Um, so these are really fun, delicious recipes and some of them are a bit more challenging, but not all of them. You know, you can kind of grow if you want to into it, which is, which is really nice. You know, if you just want to make a cake that your family will love, this is your kind of book.
1: Yes, Kate, I agree. And also she does say in in the book, and I think I've heard, I also listened to a great podcast episode with her on the food scene, S E N, -hmm. which is a heritage radio network, show, and we'll link to it in the show notes. And she kind of describes them as sturdy cakes that can sort of hold up and be flexible. You don't mm-hmm. need to be a precious baker with this book. Yes. Which, I, that's
0: a great way of describing it.
1: Yeah, which I appreciate. So, okay, let's dive in. You made the chocolatey chocolate cake. What did you think?
0: Yeah. So I we made this one particularly because we found it on our website. So which is nice. So you can kind of check out one of her recipes maybe before you dive into the cookbook. Mm -hmm. It's a one bowl cake. Like many of her recipes, not too fussy. It's just flour, cocoa powder, and then salt and baking powder. And then you add liquid ingredients to that eggs, milk, oil, and vanilla, you know, and the last step is that's boiling water. And that really blooms the cocoa powder, making it really rich and chocolatey tasting. Um, She has you bake this in a 10 inch round, but I think what's so fun about her recipes is she gives you other options for baking pans. So, I made this in a 9x13 pan, took it into work. It was so moist and delicious. People just raved over this cake. uh, And they thought it was just like this perfect little coffee snack, you know. And so if you're a chocolate cake fan, this is an easy and spot on recipe to make. Nice one to have bookmarked to go back to when someone's like, I want a chocolate cake for my birthday. Or can we have chocolate cake for dessert? You know, that kind of thing. So fun. That's great. I
1: have not made the chocolatey chocolate cake yet, but I will talk about the three cakes that I did make, maybe not in as much detail, but the lemon Mm -hmm. yogurt cake I made as a loaf and it was a great, easy, I made this on a
0: weeknight.
1: She also says instead of using lemon, you can kind of sub in some different kinds of citruses. So I actually made a blood orange yogurt cake.
0: Lovely. Because I
1: had blood oranges and I was feeling so fancy with that I cake. I know. Um <laughs> that I was is like, fancy. Mm-hmm, look at me and my blood orange yogurt <laughs> cake over here, like an Instagram food star. That's uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> I love
2: it. <laughs>
1: and so I made that and it was delicious and everyone loved it. And she also has in the book, which I thought was a really great format, is she'll say, Hey, maybe you want to bake it in your loaf pan. Maybe you want to bake it
0: in mm. your bunt pan
1: cake pan
0: or in Love those options,
1: cupcakes, here's three or four different ways you could do this. And then also here are three or four different ways you could top this from the kind of, there's 10 cakes, right? And then there's mm-hmm. the toppings in the back. So I choose your own adventure on this one and did a, a glaze. So again, instead of a lemon nice. glaze, I used the blood oranges again and Cute. made that. And it was delicious. Second, I made the tangy olive oil cake Ooh, really simple. Right. We've made olive oil cakes before on mm-hmm. this Love podcast. Them. Love them. I'm a convert now. I liked this recipe. And what I actually did was made these into cupcakes. She's got a little
0: oh,
2: fun.
1: description there like you can make them into cupcakes. So I did that. And then I took a little plate of cupcakes over. I was having coffee with uh, my neighbor, Courtney. And mm-hmm. it was – it felt like a kind of an adult cupcake snack, right? Because it's – Oh, I love that. Tangy olive oil cupcakes. So and it made a perfect little portable treat. Cute. That was just great for the coffee date. So I was feeling very good about that. And then lastly, I made the very vanilla cake. This one I liked. I was telling Ooh. you, Kate, because it's actually a smaller recipe. It makes one eight-inch round. Oh, nice. So – that is a good one, and she actually says you can put it in a six-inch spring form, like a six-inch by three-inch spring form oh. pan. So that makes a nice small, like you know, small family, celebration cake. small celebration cake. Because not every cake needs to be eight layers. I know, and it's sitting in your fridge for a week because no one else <laughs> wants to eat this. You know, um, so that was great. Those are the those are the cakes that I made, and I just had uh, great success with all of them.
0: Well, I cannot wait to try those cakes because they sound delicious. Mm-hmm. I um, ended up making the madeleines as well, mm-hmm. which are these little French cakes baked into shallow kind of shell-shaped molds. And again, one bowl cake had the flavor of like a lot of melted butter and a little lemon zest. Um, and then you bake them up and there's these little gorgeous two-bite desserts, James loves Madeline's actually Mm. which is funny because he doesn't like a lot of sweets and this one he really loved and he loved these and so it was just fun to have a recipe for that in the book which I thought was great
1: yes she does have a few extras there's the Madeline's there's a pavlova like a a meringue um yeah there is an Australia lamington which is kind of a specialty thing yeah it's just kind of a fun flexible I love how you said choose your own adventure book Mm -hmm. and I love the um the no fuss quality of it.
0: Uh, Agreed.
1: Yeah. All right. So what do you think? Who should buy this book? Who do you, who would you recommend this book to?
0: I would definitely recommend this book as a great intro book for people who are looking to bake a little bit more. They Mm -hmm. want to get away from the box cakes mix. Maybe Um, they want to start baking a little more at home. She really takes your hand through the recipes in a lovely way through storytelling and, and, and thoughts about family. Plus, their recipes are just so appealing. The photography is so nice. You know, I feel like it's enough pictures in there that people can kind of tell what they're supposed to make. So I would give this book as a gift for sure. And I'm contemplating buying it for myself because I like having a book of solid cake recipes.
1: Yeah, so I have really been using this book um, since we got it. And same thing, I think this is really great as a person who now has also, you know, has these three kids and I've got birthdays. Mm -hmm. And if you have that impulse that you might want to bake more for people you love in your life or your neighbor, or just Mm -hmm. maybe do some simple baking to share with people, I think this is a great way to start because we have reviewed some books that were a little bit more complicated for like maybe a 201 baker. This is definitely for, like, a 101 baker. Anyone will feel successful with this book.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And I even even think people who are a little more um, advanced at baking but just want a book of solid recipes rather than digging into all their baking cookbooks to find the one cake they like. Mm -hmm. um, This is definitely a book for that. Great point. So Odette was kind enough, actually, Betsy, to send in some answers to a few questions as we talked about Mm -hmm. in the beginning of this episode. Um, So we got these questions from Instagram and Facebook. So keep an eye peeled. We sometimes, you know, send little, little, you know, fishing expeditions out there (laughs) to -hmm. see what people are struggling with. We'd love to hear from you. And so, Betsy, you will read the questions and then we'll hear from Odette. Great. Okay,
1: to start, Katie asks, we recently realized my daughter has some lactose intolerance. Buttermilk is especially bothersome to her, and I love it in so many cake recipes. I haven't loved the lactate milk and lemon vinegar substitute. Does yogurt thinned with milk work in a cake recipe?
2: I would suggest to Katie to possibly look for recipes that don't have the lactose is probably the best starting point. I know that a dear friend, Amy Chaplin, does a lot of uh, baking without dairy and gluten and her cakes are fabulous. And actually I have one of her recipes on my website um, that you could try. And the other thing that I would just say is that I do actually – in my very vanilla cake, I experimented with buttermilk and ended up going towards the lemon vinegar because I thought it was more successful. So it really depends on the cake recipe that you're using. If you have a cup of buttermilk, you're really going to mess it and some cakes won't necessarily... Work if you just sub in yogurt instead. So the other recipe that I would try in my book is I would just go to the lemon yogurt cake and perhaps try that instead. And then if not, there is meringue and the madeleines that you also might like to explore. I hope this helps.
1: Amy asks... Do you prefer butter or oil when baking cakes?
2: The answer to Amy's question, question two, do I prefer butter or oil when baking cakes? Amy, that really depends on the cake that I'm making. What I think I would focus probably more on is the kind of butter or oil that I'm using because I love like I love butter cakes are so my very vanilla cake. I like the Kerry Gold, and I also sometimes buy French butters. And I, I buy unsalted butter and then just add the salt in so I can control it. And then for oil, my olive oil cake, I really love to use a cake, um, an oil that isn't too herbaceous. So something that's kind of a little tangy and mild. And both have their merit because both essentially keep a cake very moist and delicious. Kim asks, since
1: moving to South Carolina from the Midwest, I've struggled with baking times and temperature. For instance, I make my chocolate chip cookies at 350 for 10 minutes and they are super underbaked. But if I leave them until they're done, they're rock hard. I've upped my oven temperature 10 degrees higher than what the recipe calls for with some consistently better results. The oven is okay. Is there better advice for this situation?
2: For question three, Kim, oh my gosh, I feel your pain. Yes, um, I have a whole little section in my book about ovens and I describe them like people, they come in all different shapes and sizes and... They have all different kinds of characters. It's really hard to get to know an oven, and especially when you are baking in certain climates or temperatures. I know that when you cook meringue in humidity, it can be a real trial. I don't have too much experience with altitude cooking. But I would say the best thing to do is to try moving the rack around within the oven and I would also just start like taking notes like if your oven runs hot or if it runs a little cooler what happens if you do you know adjust the temperature how does that affect the bake time and eventually you will get to know your oven a little more and you'll be able to interpret a recipe so that it works best for you.
1: Anthea asks, I would love a Substitutions 101, but I realize this is an annoying question for a cookbook author. (laughs) I know that baking powder and soda can be subbed, one is double the other, but what effect does that have on the cake and why do recipes use one versus the other? Is there a rule of thumb for subbing some whole wheat flour? I don't have an intuitive field for when I can sub, usually in an attempt to make a cake healthier for weekday or just because I've run out of an ingredient.
2: Answer to Anthea's question, question four about substitutions. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes reticent to encourage too many substitutions because sometimes when I read, you know, people's comments in a recipe, they've substituted so many things that it's really not honoring the recipe. I think, you know, look for a recipe for the ingredients that you have on hand. And if you're in a pinch, there are some, um, Shortcuts that I, like, recommend in my book. So if you don't have buttermilk, you can sour the milk with, like, milk and lemon juice. But in terms of just swapping up baking powder for baking soda, that isn't a that – that isn't, like, a complete swap. You won't have success there. You really – I think baking – soda is is very strong and it has a very strong flavor and they kind of act in different ways within a cake, even though they are both raising agents. So that one I'd be highly suspicious of subbing. And then for flowers, I say that the recipes in simple cake, what's great about them is for the most part, they're kind of robust enough that they can work with numerous types of flour. So you can use cake flour, all-purpose, spelt, whole wheat in some of the recipes, but I actually prefer the spelt flour. I think it's like a finer flour, like cake flour. Um, And I also give you some kind of like tips within the book to help point you in the right direction. So, but first I would say, have a look in the pantry, see what you've got, and then try and make a cake around that. And in terms of them being healthy, I really was very, very mindful about keeping the sugar at its minimum with all these recipes because I really did want them to be manageable everyday treats that we could have without feeling like we had to call our cardiologist. So I hope this helps. Oh, wow. I always enjoy the listener question and
0: answer. People find the questions that I wouldn't have thought to ask, but then really want to know what she says. And that was great. She was so she was so um, clear, and I love her answers.
1: Yeah, we were thrilled to have Odette send us some of her baking tips and thoughts about baking, and especially thinking about it as a family activity or something you can do as an act of love. So, Kate, we're going to play some of those tips next.
2: My first pro tip is that. You don't have to be a great baker to make a delicious homemade cake, and the kind of cakes that I like to cook are simple, everyday cakes that can be banged out in about an hour. I kind of call them the cookie cakes, they're everyday cakes. And I also think that, especially with Mother's Day in mind, I really believe that when you bake for someone, you really show them how much you care and that you've put them at the forefront of your mind. And there's nothing more lovely than receiving a home-baked good. So perhaps this Mother's Day you bake mama a cake or you bake a cake with mum. To have a successful, yummy, delicious, get my belly kind of cake I say that there is like a few things that you can do that kind of guarantee that. One is to do with how you measure your flour. I think the most common mistake in cakes is that people overpack their measuring cup with flour and so they end up with this dry, dense cake. So how to avoid that, if you don't own a scale, which so many people don't, um, I suggest that you get a spoon and you fluff the flour in the bag And then you simply just scoop the flour into the measuring cup, but you don't compress it, you don't pack it down, you just keep it all light and airy, and then when it kind of gets to the top of the measuring cup, you just sweep off the excess. So that way you've got just the right amount of flour in your measuring cup. And then the other pro tip that I have is that set your timers, because (laughs) guaranteed, you will forget. Life is just so busy, and then you have chaos around you, and then you've got that cake in the oven, and you're all of a sudden, you're like, oh my gosh, the cake, it's overcooked. So set your timer like 15 to 10 minutes before the suggested bake time, and just check in with it. And because some ovens, you know, each oven is very different in how they run, and you want to test that cake, put the skewer in. And if that skewer comes out clean and it's looking golden and springs back on the top, it's ready to come out. And then the other pro tip that I have, final pro tip that I have is if you are cooking with small kids, which um, so many families are, it is a bit of a labor of love, especially when they're young, but just consider it a long-term investment. And I would say, Pour yourself a stiff drink because they will probably knock over the good vanilla. They'll get eggshells on the couch. They'll have a meltdown mid-bake. But in the end, one day they will be able to make their own cake and it will be a cake that you will have taught them.
0: Absolutely so sweet. And you can really tell that she's coming from right from the heart when she bakes. All
1: right. We just want to say thank you again to Odeb for taking the time to, you know, help us put together this wonderful mm-hmm. episode for you all. Next week, we've got coming up dumplings and I'm looking forward to the Momo dumplings. They're a Nepalese specialty and they have their own dipping
0: chutney. Oh man. Dumplings are a favorite in my house. So we are looking forward to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but shumai is definitely a contender, that dim sum
1: favorite. Oh, mm-hmm. can't wait. So that's what's for dinner. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a
0: spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes, grocery lists, and other fun stuff. If you've got some dinner ideas, you can always email us at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you're hearing, especially this new kind of episode, please review on iTunes and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. Thanks and happy eating.